Genesis 42, verses 1 to 17. When Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you look at one another? And he said, behold, I have heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there, that we may live and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Thus the sons of Israel came to buy among the others who came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land. He was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. Joseph saw his brothers and recognised them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. Where do you come from? He said. They said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph recognised his brothers, but they did not recognise him. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. And he said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. They said to him, no, my Lord, your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants have never been spies. He said to them, no, it is the nakedness of the land that you have come to see. And they said, we, your servants, are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, it is as I said to you, you are spies. By this you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother while you remain confined, that your words may be tested whether there is truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. And he put them all in, he put them all together in custody for three days. Great, thanks for reading. Um, I'm just going to some slides on, hopefully you can see these. Um, you might need to move the little zoom uh, toolbar around if it's in, if it's in the way. Um, well, it's great to be with you as we look at um, Genesis and, um, oh, are they the right, they're not the right chapters, are they? Um, ignore, ignore the numbers if they're, if they're wrong on that. I just quickly put that up as an as a opening, opening slide while I introduce. Um, I've also, there's also annoyingly a JCB with like a jackhammer outside digging up our road, which is vibrating the flat. And I don't know if you can hear it. Um, I definitely can. It's probably the kind of thing that, that young Jake, Jake Harris would really love to see, but, um, but it's doing my head in at the moment. So hopefully Great. we can, can we hear can it. hear you loud and clear, Greg. Perfect. Um, one of the implications of uh, lockdown is that we perhaps had to admit something um, about ourselves that perhaps we hadn't actually realized before. Um, I'm sure you guys of all people have felt the the strain and uh, frustration of lockdown life that the struggle uh, that it is. Um, it's enough to put any uh, individual, any family, any office uh, to the test. 
uh, perhaps uh, lockdown has shown up more of our real selves, uh, something of our true selves, uh, that the kind of freedom, uh, fun and liberty uh, easily hide or perhaps mitigate. Uh, this afternoon we see a group of brothers not in uh, lockdown uh, but locked up uh, and they too come to admit something uh, about themselves, something that actually we all uh, need to uh, admit. Um, as, the, as the narrative starts this week, we see a family facing famine uh, in Canaan. While Egypt, if you remember, has an abundance of food uh, for sale, thanks to uh, the shrewd move by Joseph. So dad, Jacob, tells his sons to head to Egypt to get some provisions. Uh, and the brothers, verse one, look at one another. Egypt. Oh, perhaps their heart sink. Oh, Egypt. I remember Egypt, that, that place where we sent our brother to be sold as a slave. Oh yes, our father's favourite son. Our father never was quite the same after that day. Uh, maybe he knows what we did. Oh yes, Egypt. Guilt often does that, doesn't it? Uh, we can go days, weeks, months forgetting all about it and then suddenly it hits us again. It all comes flooding back as we feel the, the weight, the sorrow, the um, burden of it. The way we've treated uh, close friends or, or family, the, the email shot off kind of without thinking, the, the knee-jerk reaction to something and immediately uh, regret it. Uh, the things we've uh, done behind closed doors in, in private, the things of the past that, that still has that kind of lingering uh, regret that, that comes and hits us, uh, sometimes uh, out of the blue. Well, the brothers arrive in Egypt uh, and they join the queue to buy grain with face masks on, standing two metres apart, of course. And when they finally reach the front, they bow down to Pharaoh's second in command, Joseph. But Joseph, um, sorry, but they don't recognize him. Uh, perhaps because of the Egyptian clothing uh, and they're talking through an interpreter, uh, but Joseph recognizes them. Uh, and here they are without even knowing it, bowing down to Joseph like, well, like sheaves of corn, just like Joseph's dream. Uh, back in chapter 37, the dream that, that made Joseph's brothers want to kill him. But Joseph, verse 9, remembered the dreams. Joseph knows that God's at work. But do his brothers, have they changed? Will they change? Well, that's Joseph's tests. That's Joseph's tests in these uh, chapters as we see firstly the accusation. Uh, and so uh, verse nine and verse 14, Joseph accuses them um, of being spies. But they protest their innocence and tell them that their younger brother isn't with them because he's at home still with his father. And so let's pick it up at verse 14. Joseph said to them, it is as I said to you, you are spies. By this you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother 
while you remain confined. Joseph knows that they're not spies. He recognizes them as his brothers. It's a fake accusation as Joseph wants to see how these brothers will respond. Joseph rightly wonders, have they done away with the favorite, the youngest Benjamin, just as they did away with him? And so verse 17, he lets them uh, stew in prison for a few days while they have to decide which brother would be released to go and fetch Benjamin to prove that they're telling the truth. Well, after three days in prison, Joseph returns with a different offer of verse 18. Uh, Do this and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers remain confined where you are in custody and let the rest go and bring your youngest brother to me. So your words will be verified and you shall not die. And then verse 21, we start to see a change. You can imagine, can't you, the the brothers all those years ago as the money changed hands and Joseph gets led away to a life of slavery in Egypt. The the brothers swear never to talk about that incident ever again. And here confronted with leaving another brother enslaved in Egypt and yet again (laughs) returning to their father, a brother down, it's all come flooding back. The thing that they've tried to put out of their minds, the thing they promised to never talk about again, now unavoidably confronts them. God is at work. And so secondly, we see the admission. Uh, And verse 21, as they confer with one another, thinking Joseph can't understand them, they say, in truth, we are guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen. That is why this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, did I not tell you not to sin against the boy? You did not listen. So now there comes a reckoning for his blood. You see, God is at work. Uh, God is at work in the mess. Uh, God is at work in the mess of messed up individuals and even people like these brothers, as God has worked to bring them to this point, just pricking the conscience that that leads them to realize that, well, that not all is well with them. Perhaps you've uh, felt that work of God in your own life. Those moments when we realise that um, we're not perhaps the kind of people that we always want to be. Uh, When this kind of thing, unstoppable inside of us, shows its ugly head and reveals a little bit of our uh, true character to those around us, surprising them around us and sometimes taking us by surprise as well. As we see deep down, we're, we're not the people we really want to be. Uh, And no amount of legislation will ever solve that problem. And so now, at least to one another, the brothers admit their guilt, the burden that's been on their shoulders all this time now out in the open. Um, God is at work. The brothers feel 
sorrow. Uh, they feel their guilt uh, and they know uh, that uh, they rightly face uh, God's judgment as a result. Well, as we fast forward through the narrative, the brothers again return to Egypt now with Benjamin. They come with a gift for Joseph, fearing his anger, but Joseph isn't interested in the gift. As he sees Benjamin with them, he's, he's brought to tears and puts out an amazing feast in the midst of a famine. As the narrative ends with verse 34, they drank and were merry with him. Joseph sees his brothers for the first time after all these years. I guess he could have done one of two things. He could have been outraged, couldn't he? Thrown them in jail for life for how they've treated him. Or I guess he could have just forgiven them, a blanket, clean slate. I wonder which you think the brothers deserve. Um, I wonder how you would have responded if you were in Joseph's shoes. Respond with justice, lock them up and throw away the key, or mercy. Could you forgive them uh, for what, for the way they've treated Joseph? I'm sure we look at this family over these chapters and I'm sure are very thankful that as bad as our families can be, <laughs> not as bad as this family, which let's face it, kind of belong on the set of EastEnders. And yet in a way, we're, we're actually kind of all just like them. Remember God's revelation to uh, Joseph in the dream that these brothers would bow down to him? Uh, and the brothers hearing this, they hate it. And so they decide to push God's man, Joseph, to one side to do away with him. Now, as they say of the one whom God chooses to rule over them, we want nothing to do with him. And of course, it then ultimately points to God's man who God has appointed not to just rule over Egypt, um, but to rule over the world, God's man, Jesus. And at the time, the people respond in the exact same way to Jesus as they did to Joseph. As they cry out, we have no king but Caesar. And they demand that he be done away with as they cry, crucify him, crucify him. And so we do the exact same thing. Maybe not as overtly as the crowd around Jesus, but we share their attitude, the attitude of the brothers, of pushing God's man to one side uh, rather than bowing down uh, to him. And these chapters show us that that just leads to a mess. It leads to a mess out there and it leads to a mess uh, in here. And how should Jesus then respond? to the way we've treated him with justice um, or with mercy. You see, just as Joseph had every right to, to throw the book at the brothers for the way they treated him, so God's man Jesus has the right to throw the book at us uh, for the way we've treated him. But did you notice that, that as the brothers recognize that they are guilty, 
Joseph weeps. Their tears of joy. Uh, over the next few chapters, we'll see the brothers reunited, reconciled and abundantly blessed by God's man, Joseph. And that's what's on offer uh, with God's man, Jesus. As we come not, not offering a gift of good works or, or money, Jesus isn't interested in that. Just as Joseph wasn't interested in the gift of the brothers. Now, as we come offering nothing but our messy lives, having nothing to offer but our guilt, deserving nothing but his justice. So Jesus pays for that guilt himself on the cross, where justice is carried out, but also lavish grace and mercy. And we'll see that next week as this family is reconciled back to Joseph, back to God, to be part of a rich, lavish land, a great feast for all eternity. And so amongst all the busyness, all the trials, all the struggle, all the pressure that I can't begin to imagine what you guys are under, it's really good to pause, isn't it? And remember this truth. Our guilt, the burden, the shame, the regret is absolutely lifted uh, off of our shoulders as we place it at the foot um, of the cross. On one of our days off, I took uh, my wife Adal over to the city to visit Bunhill uh, Cemetery. I'm a romantic, uh, what can I say? Um, but in there is a grave of John Bunyan, uh, the author of Pilgrim's Progress. I mean, if you know the story, the pilgrim called Christian carries around a backpack called Burden. He describes it as so heavy, it'll pull him lower than the grave itself. On his journey, it slows him down. It causes him to sink. He cries out, I seek to be rid of this burden, but I myself cannot shake it off. He meets Mr. Legality. Perhaps for, for the purposes of today, we should call him Mr. Legislation, who tries to remove his backpack with a load of rules and do's and don'ts, but it doesn't budge. It just gets heavier and heavier. But eventually the burden is removed and we see for the first time Christian glad and lightsome and leaping for joy uh, singing this. Thus far I did come laden with my sin, nor could anything ease the grief that I was in till I came here. What a place is this. Must here be the beginning of my bliss. Must here the burden fall from off my back. Must here the strings that bound it to me crack. Blessed cross. Blessed empty tomb. Blessed rather be the man that there was put to shame for me. Oh, why don't I pray for us? Father, we thank you that, that you do not treat us as we deserve, but, but quite the opposite. We thank you that you work in us to, to show us our guilt as painful as that is at times. And yet you provide the most amazing way for that guilt to be dealt with fully, finally, completely at the cross of Christ. 
and say, Father, we pray you'd help us, help us to, to humbly recognize that guilt. And so help us to be those who run and cling to the cross that makes us right with you, securing our future and removing the, the burden, the guilt today and forevermore. Amen.